And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to Stars Matter, a recruiting podcast from The Athletic. I'm Mitch Light, joined by Ari Wasserman. And Ari, we have a special guest this week after flirting for several weeks. Some of it was on our end, some of it was on his end. Pete Sampson, our Notre Dame beat writer, and our Notre Dame baseball beat writer is joining us to talk Ari's favorite subject, college baseball. Seven, uh, we're gonna, seven innings baseball. <laughs> we're going to talk some Notre Dame recruiting. Um, it's been an eventful stretch for Notre Dame. It's going to be sort of like 30,000-foot view. We're not going to go name by name Notre Dame's recruiting class, but there's obviously one uh, key 2024 kid we're going to talk about. A lot else going on in recruiting. Louisville, Louis, Ari, we're going to sp- speak about Louisville's recruiting, Ohio State stockpiling elite wide receivers again, mailbag if there's time, and Pete, we have a trivia question for you. I don't know if you knew that, but first, welcome to Stars Matter. It's uh, nice to finally be here since I'm, I'm, I've retired from covering college baseball after one story. Yeah, it was a good story. So we will obviously talk recruiting, but uh, what was that like? I mean, I know you didn't travel, but uh, I, I think any fan base, even if it's a sport they're not that into, when something like that happens, they they, they rally around the program. Yeah, I think that baseball, it's a postseason sport, you know, at Notre Dame because football is a year-round sport. So, yeah, people got behind it, but it's kind of one of those, uh, you know, it's, it dovetails into recruiting because it's like, where does Notre Dame baseball fit in the food chain? College baseball in a spot where their head coach probably leaves for a better job afterwards. So, it's, uh, but it was... You know, first time in the College World Series in 20 years, that's that's a good story unto itself. Ari, how you doing, buddy? You know what bothers me? What? So I went to Whole Foods <laughs> today for lunch. Okay. And I just, like, it's like, you know, they have that hot bar. And I got myself a sure. little fish. Is you know? yours fully restocked? Yeah, they, yeah. They toned we're, ours down is during over COVID. In Texas. I don't know where, what okay. it's like in other Did states. Did it start? <laughs> I don't think it started here. Um, <laughs> but I, and so I just grabbed a water. You know, and as I'm walking out, I'm drinking the water, uh, and I look down at it, and it's it's spring water, right? And yeah. I paid like five bucks or four bucks for something like this, and I was like the first water I and I looked at it, and it says 8.5 plus minus pH natural alkaline water. Can we just admit that alkaline water is just a complete scam? Sourced in the rugged mountains of central Idaho, our naturally the alkaline water is filtered by layer upon layer of volcanic <laughs> rock. Containing minerals and electrolytes. Just give me Poland Springs. I don't want to pay four dollars for this. For this, but you're the one who bought it. You can buy cheap water. I know. Foods. I just I like. It. I don't understand. Is there? Uh, can you guys fill me in? Like, is there actually a thing to this? I I don't know. If you own a hot tub or a pool, pH and alkalinity matters quite a bit. But I think uh, buying the water at the grocery store maybe less. Yeah. I, when we were house hunting, I told my wife the only thing that I wanted, and I didn't care about how big the house was or where the house was. I just wanted the pool. We don't have a pool. So. <laughs> Good job. So that's how it went for me. But, you know, we'll, we'll take it day by day. Okay. So the question could have been like when I said, how you doing, bud? You could have said fine. I'm just, just I've been thinking about this alkaline water thing. And it's okay. like inflation is eight and a half percent. And I got to pay four dollars for alkaline water. 
Okay. Well, we're going to talk uh, in, in about 15 seconds Notre Dame recruiting, but I do want to let everyone know that <laughs> one of Pete Sampson's, I don't know, the hidden talents, I'd say rebounding. We played we played hoops oh, yeah. out in Phoenix at the summit, and I guarded Pete for a while. He's Ari. He's a strong dude. He's a good. Re- I'm one of the annoying people that in pickup basketball, I like I box out. Yeah, you tried. I, you know, oh, you're one of those yeah, people that like I, actually calls fouls. Yeah. I don't. I don't call fouls. I just box out. I got a big. I got a big butt, so I like to just kind of throw it around and try and box out. But Pete was very strong and difficult to keep off the glass. Wiry, wiry. It was me. Yeah, uh, wiry. Okay. Antonio yeah. and uh, Joe Rexroad. We were, I believe, we were undefeated in our three-on-three session. Yeah, Landis had one of the best. Landis's game was okay at best, but he had an unbelievable low post, like drop step move up and under. It was fantastic. What? Uh, where was I? I you I don't know. <laughs> we we were playing hoops. I think you were recording the pod with Andy. Oh, I was actually working. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. As promised. You walked into that one, Mitch. <laughs> yeah. Fill in the blank here, Pete. CJ Carr, biggest Notre Dame commitment since, and not highest rated, just biggest Notre Dame commitment since. Jalen Smith. I think, you know, so we're 10 years at that point because it was one of those. Because Jalen Smith for Brian Kelly was, can I recruit at the highest level? Because Notre Dame doesn't seem to sign a lot of five-star top 10 prospects. And Jalen Smith was proof that he could do it. And I think for Carr, it's for Marcus Freeman and Tommy Reese, the ability to go out and get a five-star quarterback, which Notre Dame has not gotten in a decade. I mean, Gunnar Keel was the last one before that. The last one that actually worked out was Jimmy Clausen. I mean, we're, we're going back a generation now. So it's that's... The formula for Notre Dame is a lot more like Clemson than it is against like Alabama or Georgia, where it's like you got to have the elite quarterback. And now they feel like they they've got one in Carr. They're hopeful Buckner, who's on campus, can be, but Carr is. I think that's it's a significant one. And I think you know, uh, recruit fans like their school to recruit well, but they like to stick their chest out in like we're Notre Dame or we're Ohio State, and there's no better way to do that than to get. You know, Lloyd Carr's grandson. I'm sure that just has to be even better. Some of my greatest uh, ph- photography work uh, with my iPhone, snapping the sh- the six image shot of CJ Carr putting the Notre Dame hat on his grandfather's head, and then his grandfather taking it off and hitting him in the chest. With <laughs> that was, I mean, it de- like recruiting is like you said, it's all about sort of the ego of the fan base, and yeah. that let Notre Dame stick their chest out quite a bit. Now, you said something interesting, and I know that you couldn't get enough of me, Pete, on the Ohio State show, so you're back for more. <laughs> yes. But you said something interesting that I don't think we followed up on on the Ohio State show, so we'll do it here. But I asked you, did Brian Kelly get to Notre Dame ceiling on that show? And you said that he got to Brian Kelly's ceiling. And I, I thought that was an interesting way to put it because, to me, that's an implication that Notre Dame could be you know, recruiting and competing at a similar you know, plane as a Georgia or Ohio State or or Alabama, in your mind. Um, right now, with the way that they're recruiting in this class, because I know Carr was a, is a year ahead, but in this current class, you know, they have more top 100 players, I think, already committed and they've signed in the previous few years combined. Right. It is, you know, there's still a lot to see with Marcus Freeman in terms of how well he, he does with scheming and preparing his team and program culture and all those other things that are important. But does the recruiting direction of this program make you feel like they have a second gear to hit and it seems like they're kind of on the way early on i do i i think that what's happening with marcus Fring, i think you're sort of seeing what the real ceiling for notre dame recruiting can be and it's not back half of the top five it's not number one 
where they are right now. But if you just look at their class and you sort of do the class calculator tool on 24-7 and plug in who I think they're going to get, there's a really good chance they'll finish third. And they haven't signed a top 10 class. They signed one top five class in Brian Kelly's tenure that was a Jalen Smith class, and they, and they were fifth. That was that was 10 cycles ago. So I think this is much more like, okay, if, if Notre Dame has a ceiling in recruiting, Marcus Freeman is going to get Notre Dame there. It's not Alabama. It's not Georgia. But, you know, they should they can out-recruit Clemson. Um, they can out-recruit Texas. Um, you know, I think they can get Ohio State some years. So that this is much more of the ceiling for Notre Dame in recruiting because Brian Kelly just never got no name to that point. And what you just said, finishing third is an Alabama, Georgia, or Ohio State class. Yeah, one of them it's finishes like, third anyway. I mean, yeah, it's like some years you're going to beat Georgia, or some years maybe you'd beat Alabama. But I guess what I'm saying is like I don't expect Notre Dame ever to be one or two, but three. Yeah, if they hit if they hit their marks with the guys they're in on and who they're trending with right now, they would the class I think they're going to sign would finish would have finished third I think in three four of the last five years. And the other yeah. year would have been fourth. And a lot of times, too, when you look at this, sorry to box you out here, Mitch, to use your pun. Uh, but I had one other thing I wanted to say. I, I just looked it up and it it's looks not like a pun. It's just a phrase. But go yeah. ahead. Okay. Here we go again. <laughs> Six players in the top 125 uh, committed already. And their average player ranking, um, without looking this up, uh, is the best in the history of the program at 92.72 right now. Um, that is pretty remarkable. I mean, that's a legit national championship level bones of a class, you know? Yeah, they've got a good chance to finish with 10 top 100 players, which I feel like is if you hit that threshold, you know, maybe you don't have six five-star guys like some of these other schools that have 10 top 100 players, but like that gets you in the ballpark. That gets you in a in, on the field in the playoff where you can win the game. That's right. Uh, and they... They haven't been there. They've been on the field, but they haven't had the talent to win the game. Ari and I, I, I think there's a lot of people over the past decade or past 15 years, maybe since the Lou Holtz era, who have just said, oh, no, you know, Notre Dame's not what it used to be. They can't win national titles. And I, Ari and I talk, obviously, a lot about recruiting. We talk a lot about Notre Dame, and, and I've never really subscribed to that theory. Is it what it was in the 70s and 80s? Probably not, but maybe because I grew up in New Jersey and there's a ton of Notre Dame fans. Like, Notre Dame still is a national brand. As you've covered the, for 20 years, I believe, where have you where have you kind of evolved with, with that uh, Notre Dame's place in the national food chain? I think that they could win a national title, um, but like titles, like are they going to ever be USC in the 2000s under Pete Carroll? Or are they going to be Nick Saban with in Alabama? No, um, but you know, could they be? Could have a Clemson type run? Maybe. Um, you know, I think that's possible. So. I'm I am amazed how durable the brand has been because they have played a lot of mediocre football post Holtz. Uh, I mean, we're talking about a quarter century of really average stuff, and yet here they are. And even when Brian Kelly was here, they you know top ten class was basically automatic. So I think that sort of speaks to the uniqueness of this place. And there's like a self selective power to it. Um, whereas you know we we talk so much about what they can't get in, but the guys that are interested in, you know, academics at a higher level, like they, they flock to this place. So there's enough of those guys out there that you can sign top 10 classes. What Marcus Freeman is proving is that you can go out and convince some guys that maybe weren't predisposed to that, that like, Oh, 
well, that sounds like a pretty good deal. I'll do that. Um, opposed to just relying on Midwest kids or Catholic school kids and then hoping you just there's a it's a good year in Indiana uh, to get you over the top like that. That does not cut it long haul. If you could just make an estimation because we talk so much about how hard it is to overcome the academic standard at Notre Dame in terms of getting in of the top 100 players every year. How many do you think are recruitable players for Notre Dame? I think two thirds, you know, Notre Dame, when Notre Dame is being defensive about it, and I'm talking about coaching staff, they're trying to justify where they're not recruiting as well as mm-hmm. they are. They, the number they throw out is a third. But I look at some of the guys Notre Dame has recruited over the years with, you know, SATs in the 800 range, two point students. Like they were not asking for a lot um, academically. So that's much more flexible than I think people realize. But I think some of it is like if, you know, if you're at a, a, a school where you're struggling academically, do you really want to go to Notre Dame and then just have your ass kicked in the classroom like for four years? Probably not. Like, and I, I get that. Um, so you're just Notre Dame needs to do a better job of finding guys who are interested in that kind of a challenge. And I think that there's just from a admission standpoint, probably two thirds of the top hundred they could get into school if that if those players were interested. So let's say 67 of the top 100 players can get into Notre Dame academically. Then they take the the other 60, those 67, that pool. How many of those 67 do you think are interested in the culture that Notre Dame offers? Yeah, that's where you probably get down to like 20. Um, Cause it's, it's a small school in Northern Indiana. Um, you know, this, the Catholic part of it is something that I think turns some kids off. You've got, no athletic dorms probably turn some kids off. It's it's so it's so different, and I think it gets a it gets more different every year from the other schools that are in the playoff. If that makes sense, um, so you know you you get twenty guys that are interested. I think Notre Dame has, does a pretty good job of knowing very quickly about like who's interested and who you're wasting your time with, mm-hmm. um, and then you just. Notre Dame, I don't think, did a very good job of like getting into fights with Clemson and Ohio State with the guys that were interested and sort of staying in the fights. I think they sort of, they too often were quick to be like, "Oh, this kid's just interested in like a football factory kind of school. Like, that's not our bag." Like, they that that's just a loser's mentality. And I think that Freeman has sort of elevated that mentality of like, "No, no, 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 you're going to stay in this fight until the very, very end." And I think you're seeing them win a few more of them now. It's funny, Bill, because if you break it down math that way, and I see Mitch is really excited about my math here, 67 qualify academically, then you whittle that number down from 67 to 20 of people who would be interested in a private Catholic school in, in Indiana. So for Notre Dame to win a national championship, basically you're trying you're trying to say, or not you're trying to say, or the way I would inter- interpret what you're saying is that they have to win half or 40% of the battles of the kids that they are able to get which is a yeah. much higher conversion rate than the football factories. There's no doubt. Because you're comparing that to Alabama, or, let's say. Alabama's or board's 100. It's 100. So 10% in academic week. Right. It's yeah. a good way to so. break that down, I think. That's a pretty big challenge, Pete. It, there's no doubt. that It's harder. Um, but I, I sort of keep coming back to, like, you see the guys that Notre Dame. There's a kid named Micah Bell from Houston that they're they're likely going to land. He's a four-star corner. Top 100, depending on where you look, but the back half of the 100. But he's, I mean, he goes to like a, a, the Kincaid school. It's a, like a $30,000 a year school, 4 type student. 
So like you can say like, yeah, there's only few, there, there's not a lot of Michael Bell type prospects out there. But if you're a 4-0 student who goes to a high academic school, like in Notre Dame looks good, and Notre Dame feels cool, like that that's almost a layup for Notre Dame now. Because mm-hmm. um, like Stanford's not what it was 10 years ago. That was a problem for Notre Dame. when St- Like Stanford was kind of a cool school when Jim Harbaugh had it run it, like intellectual brutality. So the high academic kids were Notre Dame or they're Stanford. Now, now they're just Notre Dame. Um, so I think that that is a factor in terms of why Notre Dame is able to make some headway on top of Marcus Freeman just being sort of a demon in recruiting. Don't say Ohio because we're going to talk about Notre Dame and Ohio slash Ohio State. But, you know, obviously it's, it's a school that recruits nationally. But if you had to ID a few regions that Notre Dame really goes – is are there a few regions they really go hard after or is it just dependent on the makeup of the current staff? Like I know historically they've done well in South Carolina. Is that just random? Yeah, it's that's totally random. Because um, I mean, there was a there was when they signed Everett Golson ten years ago. It was like the first South Carolina player they've okay. gotten in like ten years or something. Tony Rice was from South Carolina. Too, yeah, right? Tony Rice. I, but I know that's going way back. So it's like there's there's a couple offensive linemen they've took out of the Phoenix area recently, but they never would recruit Phoenix before. Um, you know, I think it's the typical places. It's Southern California. Um, Florida is hit and miss for them. Um, they have a couple kids from Massachusetts. I know Ari loves Massachusetts recruiting. The pipeline, the pipeline. Yeah. But I would, I would say, if there's an area that has popped up in the last five years, that's a new territory for Notre Dame. It's the Atlanta suburbs, um, where you, Kyle Hamilton from Marist. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of high academic, frankly, high tuition schools um, <laughs> that project well to Notre Dame. There, um, kids from those schools. No kids that went to Notre Dame, so it doesn't feel like you're going on a study abroad program to Northern Indiana. So that's that's probably an area that's a little bit different. Um, where I can't it, think of many Nashville kids. Have yeah, you, can you? That's Ensworth, maybe that'll grow over the next few years. They're in on a little bit. I think that there's uh, God, I'm blank. There's a top 2024 corner um, from that area that they love. Who has visited? It's kind of an Alabama, Georgia, like everybody wants them. Yeah. Um, so. It, I think it has more to do with like the kinds of schools than where those schools are located. If if you can get into the Catholic schools and the the private schools, those kids are I think are more inclined to look at Notre Dame and be like, okay, that's I'm used to tough academics. I'm wired for that. Why wouldn't I take on that kind of a challenge? I just did a simple Google search: top ten United States metros with the highest private school enrollment. Enrollment, and I'm wondering just off the top they're of your head, the south, is, right? What's that? No, uh, no, they're not. No? Number one's New Orleans, so that's in the South. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. Obviously, it's not all Catholic schools, but you know. Right. Number two is Honolulu, Hawaii, <laughs> which is interesting. To been me. There's got to be a reason for that. Yes. Yeah. But three, San Francisco. Four, Baton Rouge. Five, Philadelphia. Six, Wilmington, Delaware. Seven, Cleveland. Eight, Milwaukee. Nine, Cincinnati, and ten, St. Louis. Aren't those all like the bottom half of that list? Very Notre Dame emphasized areas. Yeah, St. Louis is one. Yes, I mean, Cincinnati is, that's a home base for Notre Dame. That's like the spot in Ohio where like they can go beat Ohio State for kids. Right. Um, You know, St. Louis has popped up recently. Kyron Williams is a private school kid. um, And they're in uh, Christian Gray, who's a four-star corner. They're likely to get dismet. Jordan Johnson was dismet. He was a five-star receiver who didn't make it in Notre Dame. Um, and then Jeremiah Love is a four-star co- uh, running back from that area. They really like him. He's, I think, a top hundred level prospect. Philad- like if there's a, a city where Notre Dame should do better and they're not, it's Philadelphia. I don't like 
Philadelphia is just a weird city, I think, for everyone. That may be true because <laughs> it's just like there are so many Catholic schools. Notre Dame's had success. Mike McGlinchey, Will Fuller were Philadelphia area kids. Josh Adams uh, was a Philadelphia area kid. Like, I feel like that's a spot Notre Dame should do better than they are. Um, but Atlanta is that that's sort of the new metro area where I think they uh, they figured out, OK, there's a lot of schools that project to Notre Dame. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Are you want to you ask the Ohio slash Ohio I'm, State I'm, question? I, I'm fairly... Are you still you're Googling something? No, I, for a second there, I thought that Will Fuller went to Landis' high school, but he didn't. Um, Landis went to a high school called Roman Catholic. Which, you know, I thought would be a pretty Sounds good... like a Catholic school. Sounds yeah. like a private Catholic school. Yeah. Um, what is the Ohio State question? I don't even know if I have one. What, what do you mean? We, what, what are you talking about? Okay, I'll ask the question and you can chime in. So, in, in the past couple of years, Ohio State, and basically, I guess, since Marcus Freeman was on the Notre Dame staff, has kind of gone toe-to-toe. Uh, Notre Dame and Ohio State have more, and you and... Um, Landis had a, I guess, a year ago, uh, sort of a roundtable on some of the kids they've mm-hmm. they've they've gone head to head with, and, and they will in the future. You know, Sonny Styles obviously was one who reclassified. I, I, I get, you know, you, then you can throw out Marcus Freeman's recent comments about the academics there. It just, it's we talk about the the ten year war between Michigan and Ohio State. Is there going to be a ten year recruiting war between Notre Dame and Ohio State? I think it would be good for Notre Dame if there was. That's <laughs> yeah, I was I mean, say, that'd a be good point. Good it's a fight you want to pick um, because if. You know, if Ohio State and Notre Dame are battling on 10 kids and Notre Dame only wins three of them, those are three top 100 prospects right there. So I, I'm all for that uh, if I'm Notre Dame. You know, I think that, you know, the Brendan Vernon commitment, he's like the bo- sort of the bottom of the top 100. I think that was sort of one that was outside of the realm of Catholic school Cincinnati, where it's like, oh, okay, I can see where Notre Dame got them. You know, Brendan Vernon was a is it mentor. Uh, yeah, that's right. Or Northeast. So, like, that's more of like Ohio State's stronghold territory. So, I think it sort of got people's attention. And then, I mean, Freeman has definitely poked the bear multiple times on this. 
and he should because that's that's one of the schools Notre Dame's trying to come get. Um, you know, it's, I think if I was, I, I know Ohio State is like up in arms about online classes. We're in so insulted, but like Notre Dame views Ohio State as like that's where they're trying to go. Like take that as a compliment, Ohio State. Um, Brennan Vernon's parents are Notre Dame fans or something, right? It's like his. Uh, he, I don't think it's his parents, but it's like he has some people around him. It might be okay. like maybe I don't know if it's they are now. Yeah. Well, the ranking yeah. the rankings uh, have recently been updated, and I think when he he committed to Notre Dame, he was a five star, wasn't he? Yeah, he was like a five star, and then he dropped out of the top hundred, and I think he sort of bubbled up a little bit. But he's kind of I mean, you know, it's like these kids that don't go to camps a lot. Yeah, you sort of there's a out of sight, out of mind vibe sometimes with them. And yeah. Vernon sort of fits into that mold. And I'd be very curious to ask what Mitch thinks too about this. But, you know, the more I'm I'm becoming immersed into the world of recruiting, like there's no question that five-star prospects are difference makers. But sometimes there's like a lot of subjectivity. And I feel like if you're just in the top 100 or maybe even the top 150, you've got a chance to be really, really good. You know what I mean? So it's like when you said the thing earlier, you're like, well, they might not be in on all these five-stars, but I think if they can get eight to ten top 100 players in a class that'd be a very good class i think that that class could win a national title like even if it were zero five stars if you had 10 top 100 players and they were all between 35 and 100 that that is a, t- a national championship level class in my opinion you need you need, you need a quarterback in there to hit yes it. yes and, yes. and notre dame's been obviously doing a great job of that like tyler buckner i feel like they're in california all the time with quarterbacks yes that's a spot for them like all up and down from LA down to uh, San Diego. Those are those are friendly, friendly spots for them. Um, you know they they need and really what they need is they need Buckner to be very very good this year. So then Notre Dame sort of gets tagged with like it's running this old school run first offense that can't throw the ball. Um, they need a quarterback who looks dynamic that is more you know going to make receivers want to come play with you because their receiver recruiting has been incredibly poor up until this cycle, which I think that is about to change um, in a a pretty significant way. Um, But this cycle, so that's not helping you for another year on the field. All right, Pete, if you would have said, and I think when when Eric, your editor, was out uh, about a month ago, I edited one of your recruiting stories, and I came away thinking that Dante Moore was – 82% 82% headed to Notre Dame. <laughs> what, what would you have put at that point, and what's your percent now? Oh, man. I probably would have Dante Moore, class of, class of 2023, five-star yeah. from Detroit. But if you listen to this podcast, you probably know. I mean, talking to people around Notre Dame, they felt very good about where they stood with Dante Moore. Um, the problem was that I think they, they were anticipating this having already been wrapped up. Um, you know, at some point, if you say, like, I like you guys, you, you got to commit. Um, so you can move forward with your class, whether it be receivers, recruiting quarterbacks in the next cycle. And that's sort of one of the dynamics of CJ Carr is the, the prospect of reclassification. Does CJ Carr essentially become your Dante Moore in 2023? Um, let's say it's sort of a 50-50 proposition at best right now. But I right now, I think Dante Moore, you look at the other schools he's evaluating, they're all pretty strong in the NIL game. Um and much different from where Notre Dame is there. So I would say he's heading elsewhere. Right. Can I ask you another question? Yeah, then I know, I, we'll, I let's go one like more the, Notre Dame question, then we're going to move on because we need Pete's hot takes right, on, thanks, on Louisville and other programs. You're the <laughs> one that's you. got to leave after this. You've got another podcast. I'm trying yeah, to control I'm sorry this. I put in full 40 hours of my work week into work. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, Pete, 
I didn't ask you this on the Ohio State podcast, but I'm very curious. What is your take on how Brian Kelly is going to do at LSU? Like based on what you know about him covering him, like is he is that like a good? I thought it was a weird hire. Am I wrong? I think like, it's weird. Everyone thought it was weird. Um, he is. His political skills are very, very good. And I think he will be whatever he needs to be at LSU. Like he could sort of change um, to adapt to his surroundings. So I think that, will, that part will work. Um, you know, he did that. The coach he was at Cincinnati was totally different from the coach he was at Notre Dame. And I think who will be at LSU is totally different from those previous two. So I, I think he'll be good. I I would be surprised if they ever won 12 games, um, but I'd be shocked if they ever lost three. You know, I, I think he'll, he's a he's going to be a very steady 10 and two, maybe 11 and one sometimes. But I just have a, I cannot see him going 15 and 0. But can like you see him go like recruiting the South? Like, and I know no. they had to do a national brand of recruiting at Notre Dame, but like, where, what, like on a scale from one to 10, like what was his drive for recruiting as it relates to Marcus Freeman? And then what do you think the one to 10 drive has to be to, to own a national championship race at Man, LSU. I bet his drive for recruiting is probably a four uh, and Freeman is a 10 or a nine. Yeah. So that's totally different. I, but it's, I think he knows he was able to work around that at Notre Dame. Um, I think he'll probably figure that out at LSU as well. Uh, I think LSU is probably going to like, it's, it's the sec. Everyone's in the NIL game. So I think they'll they'll figure out how to make that work. You sort of see some of the state laws changing in Louisiana mm-hmm. uh, in the past couple of weeks. So that's the part that is fascinating to me. It's like, all right, he he'll get the in the same way he could get the Catholic school. I have a four row kids to go to Notre Dame anyway. He'll probably get all the kids in Louisiana who want to go to LSU anyway. Like that's not going to change. It's when you have to go head to head with Kirby and Nick and Jimbo. Like how. Are you going to have sort of the drive to do that? I don't, I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet on that. Um, so that's, and you need those kids to go fourteen and zero or fifteen and zero, and so that's why, that's why I have my doubts about whether he can get there. But in terms of losing to what Louisiana Monroe or a terrible Florida team at home, like he's going to win all those games. Like they are not going to lose games where they're favored because he was great at that at Notre Dame. It's, it's the going to Tuscaloosa and winning. I don't I don't see that because he, he just hadn't shown that at Notre Dame in 12 years. All right. Do you have any more no- questions for our Don't you think that was a really good addition to our national recruiting podcast? Because I thought those answers were tremendous. Yeah. Good job, Ari. I'm glad I didn't cut it off before that one question. Um, so, There's oh, two, actually. Yeah. All right. Ari and, and, and Pete, you're, you're here for the long haul. So uh, just because we're done talking Notre Dame specifically, I uh, want your opinion on this. Ari, you've You've been our national recruiting writer for two and a half years. You followed recruiting for longer than that. Um, how? Where does the Reuben Owens commitment to Louisville rank on your holy shit? I'm shocked that happened. Uh, it was pretty high. Uh, I mean, it, it wasn't as shocking as if it would have just fallen out of the sky because he was there on an official yeah. visit. And I knew he was there. Um, I'll say it this way. If he signs with Louisville at the end of the cycle, I will put it at a nine. The commitment's probably a six. Okay. That's a good way to put it. I think that we get very caught up with what a person does in June 
coming off of a visit that was probably a lot of fun. We always forget that the fall is crazy. <laughs> so, <laughs> you don't think he's going to go visit Texas? He says he's not. He says, although his tweet is. I told my yeah. wife I wouldn't eat fast food anymore, too. How's that going? Uh, actually, pretty yeah, good. Yeah, you're Whole Foods today. I'm proud of you, buddy. Yeah, I was at Whole Foods yeah. today paying $9. Well, for you, you, can get, you can get wings and, that and you can get ribs from the hot bar there, too. So just because you're going. Well, to- actually, the hot bar today had macaroni and cheese, <laughs> mashed potatoes, chicken fingers, and chicken nuggets. So I had to like steer clear and get like grilled tilapia and water that was filtered by layer upon layer of five dollars containing minerals and electrolytes that give water a bright taste and an excellent background <laughs> story. <laughs> so um, for listeners out there, Ruben Owens is a number one running back in the class. He is number 16 overall from El Campo, Texas, previously committed to Texas, long thought to be a Texas or Texas A&M, possibly TCU. Uh, and he was at TCU on an official visit when I was there for that camp a few weeks ago. Yeah. So, um, but it's not just him. I mean, we've talked, you know, they've got Pierce Clarkson, uh, top 200 national player quarterback, uh, DeAndre Moore, top 100 wide receiver, uh, Nathaniel Joseph, the kid who just decommitted from Clemson because he wanted to go on visits, four-star wide receiver. They're in good shape with him, although he's looking at Miami as well. Um Pete, how many times have you have you been to uh, Louisville? Has Notre Dame played at Louisville in this ACC Couple schedule times. thing? So, I mean, this is a – they, they've won. I mean, obviously, they had a Heisman Trophy winner. It's a solid program that has had – Did you get to watch Lamar Jackson in person when you went? I did not. Like, they oh. were there – Notre Dame played there a couple years ago, and I think it was the largest crowd in Louisville history, and it wasn't sold out. And I was like, what? Like, I – but they draw I, well. I that, sh- that, that shocks me because they draw well. It, I guess they just have their, yeah, their cap. I, they get their 56,000 and that's what they get. It, I was surprised that it had not drawn better considering they had Lamar Jackson. But like Louisville's new running backs coach was at Notre Dame and he was a good recruiter. But I wouldn't say that he was like this dynamic, amazing recruiter. So the fact that he's got a commitment from a, a higher rated kid than he signed mm-hmm. at Notre Dame in three years here is, is a bit shocking to me. Where would you put Notre Dame? I mean, Louisville on the uh, ACC food chain. If you were going to say program, I mean, this is programs that should be really good. Where would you put them? Oh, man, I I feel like they're. Jeez, I mean, Notre Dame plays them all. I mean, they're very like six and six to be. I don't, I don't, I don't know why Louisville should be good, <laughs> um, because Kentucky is right there, and Kentucky's in the SEC, and killing them in state. This whole thing about Louisville recruiting. I mean, they're obviously the NIL is influencing this but they go and go back and read our recruiting confidential from kyle tucker last year i mean louisville's been getting killed in state this class is heavy on california kids now texas kids that's what and and ari's brought this up too like how sustainable is this model when you're doing well in state or you're doing well in your region you can say that can happen year over year but ari wouldn't that be your concern if you should be concerned if you're a louisville fan even though they've got a top 10 class well, the thing that I don't understand more than anything is that like everyone's like, "Oh my God, NIL is is the reason why Kentucky or Louisville's doing this." And it's like, you're telling me that Louisville has deeper pockets than Texas? Like, what's going on here? So, like, I don't know. Like, if he has some deal, and I know that you know Pierce Clarkson's father, uh, Steve Clarkson, is a very well known quarterback coach. You know, I guess there could be something happening underneath the surface of this that causes this to happen. But like great i think it's awesome if they can sign these guys and louisville's cool i mean that'd be cool like i well, that's I what remember. we want we want more elite players yeah. spread out we don't want them all also, going to georgia and alabama and clemson for a while and ohio state I, i've made this point on this podcast before but when louisville was rocking with with lamar i think that was one of the most fun teams i've ever watched 
in college football. Like, why not somewhere new? So I, I think it's great. So we have two slogans here. Pete Sampson says, I don't know why Louisville should be good. And Ari Wasserman's, why not Louisville? No, no, I, I'm <laughs> with him. Why should they be good? Okay. Like, it's great that they are yeah. right now. Uh, it would be cool if Pierce Clarkson was awesome and Ruben Owens was rushing for 2,700 yards. Like DeAndre be, Moore, imagine. yeah. And DeAndre Moore was catching balls. Like they've got they've got the guys there. Uh, I am very curious and always wary of of where teams are in June and where they are in December because a lot of times it's not the same. So very excited for for Louisville and it's like cool too. And I wrote a story about that photo shoots thing. Pete, does Notre Dame do the photo shoot stuff? They do. Uh, they have a, like a gold throne now <laughs> that was like made have out you sat of on it. Fake- I have not. Uh, they took I, it. Yeah, they took it from the biblical times and they yeah, like molded it yeah, together. Gold, it's kind of more of a Fort Knox vibe. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Fort Knox. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't have like the ornate uh, sort of Victorian style of, of stylings, but like yeah, they they do the photo shoot. They've got the on field stuff. They have like a gold boombox now. It's like <laughs> it does feel very very modernized post Brian Kelly now Marcus Freeman, where it's just like it's a lot younger and feels quite a bit hipper because like louisville was like the king of when i wrote this photo shoot story a few months ago about how much the kids like them yeah like this weekend louisville had like a private jet <laughs> there and people were touring this private jet and it's kind of like oh, i like motor shoot yeah there was a jet <laughs> yeah they were like going into this private jet and there was a bentley continental <laughs> park next to it and they were taking pictures in the jet and it's like it's cool but it's like that's not why I would want to go there. Like, I mean, like I've been to a Bentley dealership before and I've sat in one. It, it's not mine. So like, I don't know like what I don't I think the Met, like when Freeman got here, somebody asked him about like the Oklahoma photo shoots where they bring in all the cars to the stadium and like, Oh, it's not like, and the question was phrased like, well, it's not really Notre Dame's thing. And Freeman was like, to hell it's not like, <laughs> why can't we do this? Um, and I, I actually going to sit down with Freeman on Monday. So I, I am interested in sort of like how much flash is like the right amount of flash for a place like Notre Dame. Um, yeah. Well, I also do think that this, you know, and I don't know if I'm speaking out of turn here. You're going to have to correct me. But I do think that people like Notre Dame is one of the more hated brands, right? Like just people just automatically hate them. And Ohio State's in that category, too. And I think being hated is kind of a, a, actually a good thing for college football because that means people are, are moved by you in one way or the other. But there seems to be this aura, I think, at least when I read in the comments, that people perceive that Notre Dame kind of feels like it's levitating above the rest of us. And if Marcus Freeman's like, screw that, like, we're a football program and we're going to do all the stuff that everybody else does. And like, there's nothing better about how we do the things that we do. I think that that would not only attract more talent, but also make them feel more like on the same level from the teams are trying to beat, which would be a positive. Does that make sense? Or is that like, yeah, am I reaching there? I think if you can sort of present yourself as you're getting, you're getting football factory level football here, the same as you would at Ohio state or Alabama or Clemson, but Notre Dame pitches itself as like, but you're also getting an Ivy league education. Like that's a differentiator like that. That's still way different than what you're going to get yeah. at an official visit to Louisville, regardless of whether there's a plane or not. Um, That's so much better than we're a we're a great academic institution and come here to get a great education and be with the network of Notre Dame alumni. Just be like, no, we rock shit in football, <laughs> and yeah. also you can get this stuff here too. 
But like right. you can still pitch the football. Like there's this like idea that like they're selling something that's not football. It's well, like, I no, think, sell the shit out of football and so then tell them what- the, this was a significant thing to me in spring. It's like Jerome Bettis came back and got his degree and he was around the program a lot. And like Notre Dame likes to like come back, get your degree, graduation rate, yada yada. Like Jerome Bettis did not need to come back to get his degree. He's made tens of millions of dollars. But he came back to get his degree because he wanted to be on boards of companies. And so he was tired of having like that door closed in his face. So it's like it's the life after football. But like you can do your 10 year NFL thing and make one hundred million dollars, but you're still going to have a life after football. And I think Notre Dame sort of leaned too much into like when they presented life after football. It was as if they were saying you're not going to make it in the NFL. Like, no, 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 no. Like you have to sell the NFL stuff, the football factory stuff. But then when that ends, you have the no, Notre Dame yes. degree to fall back on. Jay-Z. You got, yeah, the Jay-Z stuff. Like when <laughs> Freeman said that on our, he came on our podcast last summer. I was just like, holy shit. Like this is, this is high level communication. Um, so that, that's the difference. It's like selling life after football, not instead of being in the NFL, it's, on top of being in the NFL, that's that's sort of a different perspective. Yes. I think they're selling right now. And I want to make another Notre Dame comment while we're on the while we're talking about them. I know we weren't supposed to stop, but the Jerome Bettis jerseys of him wearing number six with the white and the green number in the Sugar Bowl. Why don't oh, they yeah. wear that uniform more? They should. Well, the last time they did sort of an all white vibe was at Michigan in it was either 2011 or 2013. And it was like sort of one of those like House of Horrors games, but it was it was as clean a Notre Dame road jersey as I've ever seen. Yeah, so yeah they, they should be wearing. They should be. I think that green should be more than an accent sometimes. Yeah. Right. How old is Marcus Freeman? Thirty six. All right. He's got how many kids? Six. And he recruits. What are you getting at? And he recruits like twenty four hours a day. How the hell is that he, dude in such good shape? Uh, he I think gets up early and works out. I think he's it's like. In some ways, like time he spends with his wife, his wife Joanna is also like a big workout person. Okay. Like that's part of it. Also, his office has a great gym, so that's helpful. Um, but yeah, he he puts in a lot of time on both fronts. Yeah. So between their two head coaching candidates, they had like twenty seven children. Because like Luke oh, Fickle has a Luke bunch Fickle, of kids yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we haven't even yeah, talked no, about no, our no, favorite they're subject. They're all family values here. Yeah, we, yeah, we've talked about people with tons of kids and haven't talked about our favorite podcast subject, Ari. And what's that? Sex? No. <laughs> um, under the banner of heaven. Oh, under the. I, did you watch the documentary on? Yes, Netflix I watched all four. Yeah, out? yeah. Ari and I talk a lot about uh, the show Is Under the Banner good? of Heaven. Like I've heard, I've heard a little buzz about it. Yes. Nay. nay. The, well, the the book Under the Banner of Heaven is my favorite book of all time, possibly. And I gave it to Ari, and he read it. We both watched the. It was on Hulu series, and now there's the Netflix documentary on uh, uh, what's his, Warren Jeffs. Warren Jeffs. So. Um, it was funny because you recommended the book and then I read the book and then all of a sudden the show came out coincidentally like right after I was done and I was like holy crap I'm into this huge fundamentalist Mormon polygamy <laughs> kick and now I've got this show I'm watching and watched with my wife and then on top of it Netflix just released an FLDS documentary yep. about Warren Jeffs and it is sick like, I don't even know why we're talking about it on this podcast but like it is the most disturbing shit I've ever watched in my entire life. So yeah, it's pretty. Uh, and I also lived in that state, uh, and I've driven through Colorado City before on accident, and I knew it was kind of weird going through there. And now I know why. You did send me a Zillow listing from Colorado City that we could stay at on a recruiting visit. 
Yeah, it's a new, <laughs> a new, new build in Colorado City. Uh, Five hundred and ten thousand dollars. Yeah, it's pretty beautiful, expensive. Uh, beautiful view <laughs> of the desert. So, well, you'd be the only person in that city that owns property there. That's not the church. Yeah. So, so we you'd should have probably a nice little monopoly there. We, we've managed to talk. Pete, we've managed to talk about this for like I don't know five different episodes and haven't really gotten ourselves in trouble. So we probably need to move on. Let's talk about something that already. I mean, it's just really interesting <laughs> content. If you're a documentary on. person. No, I'm, I'm just saying, like, it's like I listen to. I don't know what you guys do, like what you consume on your own time, but like I can only consume so much about football before I'm like, ah, I need like I like other stuff, and like I I like listening to murder podcasts. <laughs> I like listening to, to murder like, and polygamy. Yeah. I, I like uh, investing. Are you my podcasts. favorite murder listener i've listened no because yeah. I, I i i've i've listened to it but i like the long series type podcast i just watched really the staircase deep. on hbo max oh I, we're actually watching it right now uh it's dragging ass a little bit yeah because like, you there's watched three Pete? episodes i've not done the staircase okay no. do you know what it is though i know that it exists on hbo and that's about it yeah it's, it's a, about a woman who either falls or gets pushed downstairs do you think he did it already and I'm not all the way through yet, but I don't know how a human being could fall like that. Yeah, I agree. So, all right, let's talk but Ohio I'm State very, recruiting. I'm very curious about how it's going to end. Yeah. <laughs> let's talk about Ryan Day in Ohio State recruiting five stars. So, Ari. Um, Speaking of murder, how's Ryan Day doing? <laughs> he's killing it on the, he's killing <laughs> he's it on the trail. Um, <laughs> last two days, Carnell Tate, five star from Chicago, who plays at IMG. Brandon Ennis, five star wide receiver from Mer- American Heritage in Fort Lauderdale. I feel like these two guys committed just to spite you, Ari, to shove it in your face that said, yeah, Ohio State still can recruit in the elite level. But in all seriousness, just more wizardry from from that staff and Brian Hartline bringing in wide receivers. I was on a – see if you guys agree with me. I was on a local radio show here yesterday, and I just kind of morphed into Ohio State. There, over the last three or four years, has there has there been a position in college football, maybe like quarterback at Alabama, I don't know, that has been as talented as Ohio State in the last three or four years? Like in the last 20 years. I, I wonder if there has been a position group at any place that has signed 12 top 100 players in a three-year period. I mean, even like offensive line where you play five can't do that. I mean, right. yeah, like, um, maybe that. Alabama did it. Uh, I mean, Alabama had a pretty insane. They had a good offensive line run. They had a, well, they had a class, uh, the Henry Ruggs class. That had four top 100 receivers in the same class, and they so only the, drafted. Was that the Judy high. class? The Judy class. I mean, all four of them. I think. But Waddle this isn't year after year after yeah. year like Ohio State. Yeah, State. no. I mean, this is. I mean, it's a. It's like funny because I actually texted Landis, Landis this earlier today, but it's like if you would just extrapolate how much talent Ohio State's gotten at the receiver position and just like spread it amongst the roster, <laughs> and like just said, you know what? Instead of only three top 100 receivers, we're going to take, or instead of 12, we're going to take three. Top 100 receivers want to take the other nine that we got at that position and spread it around the roster. I think they would have won a national title. Last it's year. probably like USC running back recruiting under Carroll. Like that was, you know, Reggie Bush, Lundell White, uh, Mark Tyler was a five star. Joe, Joe McKnight. McKnight was a five star. Yeah. Like, and th- those were all like top 10 players. Um, but you're not yeah. signing three in a class. It would be a very interesting project to do because you could, it wouldn't take that long. And you would just have to go through the top ten classes every year and like look at, look at that. I bet you, I I would go on a limb and say that it has not been done. And it, it, wide receiver is a very interesting position because you can play five or six in a game, very consistently. So you have a lot of different avenues to the field and getting drafted. But you know, it's in it's absolutely insane. They just got a commitment from but Noah you know, Rodgers, by the way. Landis, no yeah, Rogers, what, what, right. it just happened yeah, right Landis now. Landis just yeah. slacked me. So 
Yeah. Top 50, right? Not not a four star. I mean, not a five star, but like fringe top 50, right? Yeah. At least That's insanity. That's time yeah. he's 50. Okay. Well, this is like, this sort of gets back to like the Notre Dame can, if they're, they're sort of recruiting with Ohio State, there's a kid named Rico Flores, who's a, to- a four star receiver, kind of like top 150, top 200 player. Like Notre Dame loves the guy. And he was looking at Ohio State, Georgia, Notre Dame. Like, I don't think Ohio State's going to have room for him. Um, so, I mean, and Notre Dame is thrilled to take a guy that Ohio State doesn't have room for at receiver. Like, Lorenzo Styles is the best receiver on the roster. His dad played at Ohio State. He's Sonny Styles' older brother. Like, that's – like, Notre Dame can – they can live that way uh, if they're, they're taking receivers Ohio State doesn't have room for. Yeah, so just insanity, as Ari keeps saying. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Uh, all right, I'm going to put you on the spot here. 2023 quarterback at Notre Dame. A, Austin Nova said. B, Brock Glenn. C, neither. You're asking yeah. me this? Shouldn't you be asking the expert? Well, you're. it's, it's Ohio State recruiting. And... Oh, I thought you were talking about no. Notre Dame. Sorry, yeah, I was no. fantasizing about Sorry, Notre Dame yeah. for a second. I, like, I don't know any yeah, of those I, yeah, so, uh, I think it'll be Novasad, if I had to guess. Okay. He was the first one they offered, and he was the one that they want the okay. most. But also, I know Baylor's quarterback coach is doing a hell of a job. I think, isn't he going back? So. I think he has his, maybe this weekend or last weekend, his official visit to Baylor. So maybe that's where they kind of reaffirm their love for each other, and he stays there. Um, but... Um, so, Ohio State right now, number two overall, average class rating of 93.86, second behind Alabama. If, to compare to their some of their elite, elite classes, the average rating was 94.12 in 2022 and 94.98 in 21. So, j- those are just uh, absurd numbers there. Um, all right, Jalen Rashada. Was it Rashada? It's got to be Rashada, right? I th- Rashada yeah, is the way I, think I, I pronounce it. Yeah. One of the more intriguing quarterback battles of the cycle was scheduled to commit June 18th. Kid from Pittsburgh, California. There was a lot of momentum for Florida. Moved up, moved back his commitment date to the 28th. Now going to Miami for an official visit. And you kind of mentioned this in this week in recruiting. Just could we talked about Notre Dame, Ohio State battle. Could be the start of a fun Florida versus Miami recruiting battle over the next few years. Yeah, I'm just I'm waiting for it to happen. Like I it's like June 22nd as we're recording this and it's just like when is Florida or Miami going to splash you know and I guess maybe this will be it here whoever gets him but you know Florida's kind of lost out on a few guys this week too that they were anticipating they would have a pretty good chance of getting so if Miami gets him it's like when is Billy Napier going to get going the way I I mean I'm like I'm buying stock in this guy and I feel like it's the (laughs) S&P 500 right now you know 
What the? I mean, Ari, you're more into like that the national NIL stuff. Like, didn't you think like Miami and Florida would have made more waves? Miami has earlier. I mean, Miami's heavily involved. Yeah, well, it's the. I just yeah. I feel like at a certain time or in a certain place, everyone's just going to have it, and then it's going to go back to which places are the best again. Yeah, like I think that it's like a one year. It's a one year thing of just like who's got the best NIL deal. It's like at a certain point, the market's going to set. Everyone's going to be able to offer similar benefits, and players are just going to pick where they want to go to school based on winning national championships That'd be and great. being drafted again. So, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that's what happens. But you know, it's just like I don't know. Uh, are we a hundred percent sure that any single school can offer? a more attractive NIL package than anyone else? Like, is that a I fact? don't know. Or is it just a bunch of shit that gets thrown against the wall on Twitter and, like, nobody even knows? Like, what, like what's Notre Dame's NIL situation? Like, can they not offer good packages? Right now, they're like, not. What, um, I mean, even for existing players? It, I mean, they have they have NIL stuff, but it's, it's modest. I mean, it's not... Is there a the, fear of losing anyone to transfer because of NIL at Notre Dame? Have you heard that? Yes, um, but there that was like there was at the beginning of the year. Now there is not. There's um, no way Marcus Freeman's going <laughs> to allow this to continue to happen for six more months. It's going to no, change. I don't, I don't think yeah. so. They're, they're going to have to come up with something. Like they have a plan that they're pitching internally. I'm not sure of all the details, but like their external one that I've written about is much more. It's sort of like the Cardale Jones 501c3 type. I, I can't remember what they call it around Ohio State, but much more like they'll support your efforts in like any charity you want to do work for and that you can get compensation that way. Um, but that's not the same as your starting quarterback in a G wagon, like Tyler Buckner's. I don't know what <laughs> Tyler Buckner is driving these days, but I don't think it's a G wagon. I bet you it's not a net geo either. No, probably not. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I feel like there will be teams and the predictable ones were really fast at it. Um, but it just like, I remember Ohio State fans were like, why aren't we with it in NIL? And then I found out that they actually brokered like millions of dollars worth of deals last year. And it's just like everyone's going to be on the same page soon. So it's like at a certain point, is Louisville going to be able to recruit players because uh, they have a better NIL package than Florida? And is Texas A&M going to sign the number one overall class in the history of the world because of NIL? Or is it just like every one of these teams have rich donors and people are willing to pay stupid amounts of money for kids? And are they going to figure out a way to like kind of like unify it, you know? And I I hope that that happens one day because like even me, I don't know how you guys are, but like I think I saw one program. Oh yeah, um, what's the kid that's committed? Malachi yeah. Nelson. Mm-hmm. Just did you see that report that he's going to sign a, a deal that could get him paid up to a, a million dollars before getting to USC? No, that, 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 this is like floating around Twitter. And it's like, I didn't. It was like, yawn. Right, exactly. Okay. <laughs> it's like, like a year ago, that would have been like, oh my God. And it's like, now it's just like, okay, cool. Like, whatever. You know, it's like, once we get to that point where it's just like, okay, cool, whatever for everybody, I think that we're going to get back to some sense of normalcy. Or at least I'm hoping I am. Looking back. Uh, go, ahead, it, go ahead, Pete. Yeah. It's going to be hell, it's gonna be a hell of a. Yeah. Two that's so. whatever I mean, it is, two, two to five years. So, um, I want to talk about Caden Proctor for a second, but Pete, Xavier Nwankpa last year, was Notre Dame second there, yep. you think, for, to Iowa? Yeah, Notre Dame finished up, like, what I was able to glean is, like, Notre Dame was sort of out of it, and then Freeman came aboard, and the kid was like, all right, <laughs> um, like, I like you, um, we have a good relationship, but they couldn't get over the hump with Iowa, just, the kid wanted to stay closer to home, yeah. 
And so he did. But Notre Dame was in So there. his teammate in, in Xavier Nwankwo was the number 53 player last year, four-star safety, the number three uh, at the time, I guess, the number two-ranked uh, Iowa player since 2000. Um, Kevin Proctor, his teammate at Southeast Polk, number 10 overall, number two offensive lineman, down to Alabama and Iowa. And if Iowa, or if Iowa can pull this off two years in a row, I mean, that's, you know, it, we're not talking about the talent that's going to rival Ohio State or even maybe, you know, Michigan, Penn State, but that's how you, that's how you stay good. You get a first-round draft pick at tackle, and you get a first-round safety, and you have some I mean, I don't know. Anybody that can get Iowa first down, I think, like, <laughs> praise the Lord. Just I, I mean, I remember last year when Iowa was, like, weren't they in the top three at two, one point last year during the season? After they the Penn two. State game. And I remember watching those games. I'm like, I can't take it anymore. Can somebody get a first down? Uh, you know, it's good. Yeah, of course. You know, like, Iowa's never going to go be Ohio State or Notre Dame or any of the teams that we've discussed on this podcast. But, you know, it, it's all about getting the guys at home when they're there. You know, yeah. and it's like, Pete, you mentioned this about Notre Dame hoping that it's a deep year in Indiana that year. It's like that doesn't very happen very often in Indiana, and it certainly doesn't happen very often in Iowa. But when it does, you want the home state team to get to, to do it. You know, college football, and it's like the like to circle back to the beginning conversation about, um, you know, Notre Dame's recruiting. It's just like you you want the this to be more regional. You know what I mean? Like college football used to be a regional sport. And it's like, will Notre Dame ever win a national championship? You ask Pete that. My opinion is that they will have a very hard time winning a national title unless the top 100 players kind of flattens out a little bit. Because even if Notre Dame is signing six or seven top 100 players in a year, which is a phenomenal class, that certainly would have won a national championship from years 1990 to 2007. Like beating Alabama and the A&M and the Georgia juggernauts, the way that they're assembled right now, it almost takes 15 a year. So like... If there's a way that the top 100, you know, like last year, the stat was 66 of the top 100 players went to five schools. If that stat's ever 66 of the top 100 players go to 12 schools, then the the type of class that you need to have to win a national championship isn't going to be like the dream team. And then if that doesn't happen, then anybody can win a national championship. And I think that's when the sport hits nirvana. So, like, how does that happen when Iowa wins battles like this? Yeah. Yeah. It's like you mentioned sort of like the Notre Dame best class ever, like, in the modern times, like that was the 1990 class. They signed, I think, 11 top 100 players. Jerome Bettis was among them. Uh, and I think they had 12 draft picks and maybe five first round picks. Like it was a Alabama level class, but it was a different time and place. Like you could get first round talent out of Chicago. Don't really do that anymore. Um, you know, it's all gravitated to the South. So it's, but that's, I mean, it, you, you have to sign pushing double-digit top 10 guys now to sort of even be in the conversation for a national championship. All right, we're about 50-something minutes in. Ari, we have not mentioned Arch Manning's name, so I'm mentioning Arch Manning. The big news over the weekend was his teammate at Newman High School in New Orleans, tight end Will Randall, committed to Texas, number 671. So where, where are you right now on, on Arch to Texas? I'm, I'm at like 83%. That's a little okay. bit high for me. I'll say 60. Okay. 60% out of the three is pretty Pete, high. where are you on this? Uh, yeah. Arch? Is he, is he going he to Notre Dame? Because that's all anyone's doing. He's not going to yeah. Notre Dame. No. <laughs> no. There, was, there was a big to-do. Peyton and uh, Eli were up on campus earlier this year, like filming a TV show. And it's like, oh, God, <laughs> my God, did they bring Arch Manning? Um, no, I, 
I don't have a lot of great intel, but what I do would suggest Georgia is in a really good spot. But the vibe around there is like, it sounds like he will just sort of like go a month without talking to the staff there. Like he's not, he's not one of those kids that like is being recruited every day actively. He's just doing his own thing. And that's, it's just a departure from what I think most kids are like. Yeah. So ours written about it. He will. I do think that speaking of NIL though, that they, he should do, a commercial with his grandfather for McDonald's, and they should call them the Golden Arches. Don't you think? Uh, very wise. Only, only you have thought of it. <laughs> I, I don't know. You need to get you Golden Arm you Arches. You need to get in that commercial with a filet of fish. I would if it was from filet yeah. of fish. Pete, yeah. where do you stand? I've never okay, had a filet of fish. Have you ever had one? No, it's. I mean, I know this is a big Ari thing, but it looks. Will you disgusting. stop rolling your eyes if you've never had one. Yeah. Wh- why would you? Thank you, Pete. We. You don't roll your <laughs> eyes and say. It's not good when you've never had one. <laughs> your opinion is irrelevant to me. If you have one and you don't like it, then I respect your decision as a man to not like it. You don't. Not everybody has to like the same thing, but don't roll your eyes. I feel like you're, ch- you're challenging him to eat a fillet of fish. Now I think you I should. Have, everybody I, I say no. that hasn't had one, I say go get one. Well, they I can't go eat one, it. So good. all right. Really? So I know. Well, that's why I don't talk to you okay. about food because you can't eat anything. All right. <laughs> um, all right. Couple more items, and then we got trivia for Pete. Um, Clemson. Good week. Two four-star defensive players from Georgia, a linebacker, D. Creighton from Alpharetta, and A.J. Hoffler, a defensive lineman. We won't don't have time probably today for mailbag, and I noticed you didn't answer this question. Some Clemson fan came after you in the mailbag, Ari. Like, look at us now. Ha! And you didn't answer it, so maybe next week. You didn't what? see that question? It's basically the question? Like you they s- signed two top 150 players. What am I supposed to be <laughs> Yeah, it was just like... Those are Penn State commits. Have fun, <laughs> okay. bud. There you go. You answered the question. Um, what was he? What was he going to say? What did he say? Read well, the I don't have it in me. front of me. Um, I didn't copy it down, but it was like uh, you. Th- you say Dabo does quote doesn't get it. Look at him now. Are you still saying that? And I'm paraphrasing, but maybe you can answer it next week, and then you can respond the way you responded. Will you just like cut and paste huh? it? So well, I don't have it open. Yeah, it's I not. Will. I mean, it's it's in it's in your mailbag. All right, a couple more, and then trivia time. Uh, Wilkin Fromby, great name from T- like this is all Alabama needs is a top 100 player from Tuscaloosa. I'm sure they really had to you know spend a lot of energy recruiting him. Number 83 to Alabama, Georgia four star linebacker C.J. Allen, another in-state kid. This one was interesting. Um, UCLA, all right, quarterback Luke Duncan, number 844 nationally from California. Cal was his only other P5 offer. Sure, UCLA fans aren't fired up about that, um, but continues a kind of interesting, confusing recruiting trend for UCLA. Florida flipped four-star edge rusher Isaiah Nixon, top uh, number 194 from UCF, and got a commitment from a three-star offensive tackle. And USC flipped Cal. Seems like Cal's had last two years, a lot of guys flip away from them. Uh, Three-star defensive lineman Amos Talale. so anything stand out there, Ari? Talalay. I couldn't even spell it right. I don't even know how you pronounce yeah. it. Right. Um, no, let's get to okay. trivia. That sounds like a man who's either got to go to the bathroom or wait, got, got to record oh, another podcast. Second. Yeah, no, I, I told Landis I'd be on the podcast with him three minutes ago. So um, this is a wonderful podcast, and I will miss you dearly, Pete. Uh, Maybe next time, just for the sake of respect. don't schedule one so close to this one. Buddy, I have I have to go somewhere at three. I, I don't have a choice. Okay. Got to pick up your daughter. Okay. No. <laughs> All right, Pete. I've got an appointment at Olive Garden. No, you don't. 
Okay. I'm going to go pick up my child. <laughs> That's all I needed here. All right, Pete. Who are the 10 highest ranked? You don't need to get the order. The 10 highest okay. ranked Notre Dame signees of the modern era, 2002 to currently. And I, I will not include Keon Keeley, uh, edge rusher in the 23 class. So don't include him because he hasn't okay. signed. Uh, okay. So it's Jimmy Clausen, Jalen Smith. Those are one and two. Sam Young, number four. Manti, Manti Teo, I think number is three, three. Right? He's uh, he's kicking uh, ass, Ari. Out of all of our guests, um, he's like you're you're already doing it in yeah. order too. Like all of our guests are like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but he's doing it in order. Um, Aaron Lynch, I think is maybe is is he top ten or is he just Either, outside? You need of to it? say with conviction. He's number yeah. He's okay. number five. I don't have conviction. I don't have conviction on. Uh, okay, Lynch well he is right he is now. one of them. And, okay. and so now I have, I have conviction. In on defense Lynch. of one uh, of our guests, uh, Andy Staples, Florida had signed like, you know, 55 star, you know, so there's so many to choose from. Right. Uh, who else was in the, the top 10 all time? Flo- Floyd is two. Yeah. Is Floyd yeah, in there? Seven. Michael Floyd. Okay. Um, Are you impressed? I'm very impressed. <laughs> Yeah, Ishak Williams, Rain Man of Notre Dame recruiting here. Number eight or number seven? Okay. You got the top seven basically in order. Okay. Um, then at the end, I'd probably go Stefan Tuitt. Oh, damn! Don't give him the ant. sign. The guy's eight for eight. <laughs> I mean, it's for losers. Okay, good guess, Pete. Incorrect. <laughs> the eight. Thank you. I appreciate that, Mitch. <laughs> like, what, I don't what? have a gong in my bonus room. Um, <laughs> You've mentioned God. no, you have not. You mentioned one of the guys. Look at me. What story have is do I want to do? Oh, no, Gunner Gunner Keel. Keel. Yeah, Gunner Keel. I was going to say that'd be the first <laughs> yeah. name I would have said. Gunner yeah. Keel's number nine. Okay, so I'm at. I got nine of the ten. One of them makes sense. The other one I would never have thought. Did I barely remember the guy? Yeah, that's. Um, I. Who else could it be? Dane Christ wasn't that. Yes, Dane Christ. Dane Christ was in there. He was top. He was number uh, eight. Okay, so I'm missing one. You want the position? (sighs) Yeah, give me the position. Then James Aldridge. Uh, Do are we need a prize for this guy? You got nine of (laughs) ten. The guy's a rain man. Why don't you send me like a coupon for a filet of fish? Perfect. We will. How about this? You go. What are you doing today? I'm I'm going to pick my kid <laughs> up from soccer camp. Okay. Well, guess what? There's definitely a McDonald's on the way. <laughs> you send me a tweet of you with the filet of fish in your hand today. All right. And a score after you take a bite out of it. You can throw it in the trash. I will Venmo you ten bucks. All right. I will Done. pay for your sandwich and pay you five dollars for your trouble. We need proof right. that you've taken no, a bite, though. Right. Can't just like have a, a bite okay. take. I mean, take a bite. I just need one Hold bite. it in your hand oh, with yeah. a bite and give it a score. I'll, okay. I'll, send, I'll send you 10 bucks. All right. Done. What if you love it? <laughs> That's not going to happen. I, it, could, it could be life-changing because I am, uh, yeah, I'm not a fast food person at all because it's terrible for you. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you don't even have to finish the sandwich because it's honestly not great for you. Um, but I just, if you say it's pretty good, that would be really good because then, then it'll be different from... That would be a win. If I say if it's pretty good, that would it would have exceeded my expectations. Yeah. Do you like tartar sauce? 
Yeah, I, I enjoy. Sorry, I want a fresh fillet <laughs> fish, fillet fish sandwich, extra cheese. And you need to put extra sauce, cheese on it because it doesn't taste good, right? I always put extra cheese. You're killing on Killing yourself, like, already. You have to ask for a fresh one. <laughs> Good point. I'm just. I want to make sure that you get one because quality okay. control at fast food restaurants. <laughs> if you say fresh, at least it eliminates. It eliminates the the chances that you'll get a dry, shitty one, and then it'll completely <laughs> ruin right. your chances okay. of liking the sandwich. I just want you to have your best positive. If you're gonna, it, this, the, it's a red flag to the whole operation. I'm just saying. Oh, I mean, if you want to have another cup, uh, if you want to have a discussion about quality control at fast food restaurants, I'd be happy to admit <laughs> okay. that it's not always the best. I have gone to McDonald's and gotten a filet fish that was dry, and it sucked. It has to be fresh because the whole thing about it is that it's a soft. <laughs> Didn't someone have sandwich. to leave the podcast like amazing. 10 minutes ago? Now he wants to shut up about. Yeah. Fl- Landis okay. can wait if we're talking about this. Okay. Uh, yes. And I'll send you 10 bucks. You'll send me your Venmo, and I'll send it to you. All right. Done. Done. See, and you make money. Perfect. You make money. It's like when you, when you donate blood. <laughs> you're helping a good cause, and yeah. you're helping people. Yes. And you don't make money from donating yeah. blood. Don't they Not pay you to you donate blood? No, fish. I get blood all the time. I've never. Nobody wants that yeah. blood. Oh, I, what do you? What can you donate? That they, oh, they pay <laughs> yeah, you there's something else sperm. you can donate for money, already, <laughs> which I'm sure you've you know, done. Plasma? I think you can do. And that's another already. documentary that you can watch on Netflix if you're super into donating sperm. It's about this doctor who was a fertility doctor. I don't know if you saw. Do you watch Netflix, Pete? Or are you too oh, busy? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm knowing still everything about recruiting. Thing. Yeah. He's, there is a documentary about a, fer- a fertility doctor that. <laughs> basically was artificially inseminating women who were having a hard time getting pregnant with sperm donors but was using his own sperm there you go and had like he had like 700 children (laughs) in this one town and people were like marrying their their brothers and not knowing it like it's a really good thing you should go check it out what if you what if you were like a five-star recruit back in the day there'd be a lot of really good recruits around there i'm just saying if there is ever a recruitable football prospect in colorado (laughs) we're going I will pay my own way, and I will write a story about that. Okay. Because Warren Jeffs had like 79 <laughs> children. Why are there no football prospects with the last name of Well, have Jeffs? you seen him? He weighs like 90 pounds. Yeah, he is kind of an yeah. odd-looking dude. <laughs> but he was also like one of 38 children, so I don't, I mean. Okay. Do your thing, Ari. Take us out. All right, guys. Thanks so much uh, for listening to another episode of FLDS <laughs> uh, Matter. <laughs> uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Thanks. Thanks.